Welcome to Culture Couch, a pop culture podcast. <laughs> okay, guess we're not getting on that bad boy yeah, tonight. It's not me struggling tonight. Dude, that it's was always me struggling to open these fucking cans. That I, you were actually, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. You were talking about how they should come pre, just like lifted, just slightly. Yeah, and example number seven thousand forty-two is this can. Yep. Well, what do you have over there? So, I don't know how to read cursive. Okay. <laughs> it's um, a lost art. Do you want to tell me? It's Leinenkugel. If, I don't think that's how you pronounce it, but something along those lines. Anyway. Yeah, we can talk about my lack of spelling in a later episode. Uh, it's out of Milwaukee. It is a grapefruit shandy. Okay. And, and a shandy is, I'm pretty sure, a beer with lemonade. That's like what a shandy is. Yeah. Like I think it's, I don't know what the exact ratio is, but essentially, uh, you know how an Arnold Palmer is half iced tea, half lemonade? Yeah. I think a shandy is like half beer, half lemonade or something kind of amongst those lines. Which is a really good combo. Beer and lemonade is delightful. Lemon shandies are, in the summertime, they freaking slap. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing they have to make it like an alcoholic lemonade to keep the content level high enough because if you just took a beer and cut it in half, it wouldn't be strong enough. There's, I'm sure there's some fancy brewing, but- um, this is a grapefruit, so it's not lemonade. It, they use grapefruit, which could be interesting because grapefruit sometimes can be a little intense. Mm-hmm. I've grown to like grapefruit more, but with the tartness of in a my beer, old age. Because <laughs> I'm now thirty, I can say that. Oh shit! Yeah, bitch, you're thirty. <laughs> yeah, holy crap, dude! I that just I forgot. I yeah. mean, I mean, we did just celebrate. Till the cows came home on Saturday night. That, that's but, why I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I have a really good picture of you actually from that night that I think we showed you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it looks like a shot of a, like a, a still from a movie scene at a party. It's, it's so perfect. Maybe yeah. we'll post it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> anyway. It's pretty good. It also just describes the night. How, well, and how I like to party. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, dude, that grapefruit with the beer, you know how grapefruit be, can, can be too tart? Mm-hmm. The beer levels out the tartness yeah. a lot, but the grapefruit has a, just like a ton of flavor over top. Mm-hmm. This is a nine and a half. Oh, damn. This is. I think I have tried a line in Kugel before. I've had their lemon shandies before uh-huh. and their lemon shandies slap. So yeah. I am not surprised this is good, but I was not expecting it to be this good, man. Well, that's good to know. I always love a good summer beer. This seriously could be a top 10 beer. For really? Me. Oh, my God. Like. I'll have to try it because I bought a whole fucking case of the variety pack. Honestly, like if we were sitting at a lake and we had a 30 rack of this, mm-hmm. I would be, we would just, it, it would just be demolished. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, what do you have? Hopefully it's as good as this. I have, this is called Two Chicks. Um, it's a vodka elderflower and pear cocktail. This is actually from California. My, I helped my mom's, one of my mom's good friends move because she had all of her stuff delivered over in a pod and we moved it all out, all of her heavy furniture from California over or back here. Um, and she gave us some of these drinks and my mom tried them when she went out there to visit her a few months ago and like just raved about them and so we're gonna try them um but it is just a sparkling vodka fizz 
It's 5%, nothing too crazy. Um, that can kind of looks like... It looks like it belongs as in a, Bridgerton. Oh, I was actually thinking like a sleeve. Like if someone got a floral sleeve. Oh, yeah, it does. It is but a very Bridgerton also, both answers are accurate. Yeah, like if Bridgerton was a drink, it would be this. I've actually been thinking recently, I got to figure out what I want to do for a sleeve. Yeah. It's time to put it together. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's... It is a beautiful can then. I also like the tall skinny cans better than the short fatties. This drink is so good. This is my, I think my second 10. Yeah, you had one two weeks ago. Yeah, it was the the Jameson Jameson one. I think I would actually bump that down to a nine. And this is a true 10. You can have more than one 10. Yeah, but this is a true 10. This is fucking delicious. A true 10. Yes. You you need to try this. Okay. I mean, I'll try anything (laughs) once. What is in that? It's, it's vodka, elderflower, and pear. I don't know if I'm getting the elderflower or the pear or a perfect combination of the two, but that... It's probably a good combination, too, because I've had elderflower before. And elderflower is a very strong flavor, but it's like a very floral flavor. Um, like, yeah, because it tastes very natural, but not... Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes things taste natural and they taste like dirt? Yeah. You're like, I'm literally licking the ground. Yeah, no, elderflower tastes very florally, but it's also quite sweet. Yeah, okay. Um, it is this. But with is the so peach. Good. And then you, it, pear. The pear, yes. Um, pear needs to be utilized more in cocktails, I think. Unless maybe it is, and I just am not aware. I love pear flavor. This is so good. Pear, 10 out of 10. That two chicks is good. For the win. And I, these are, I actually ha- know that these are not sold in Utah. Because um, I think my mom had me look for them before, and I could not find them anywhere. And I'm not sure if they were in Evanston, but if they are. <laughs> We'll need to stop because these are so good. Dude, I wonder, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, this is, it's so good. It's like a seltzer-y flavor, but it has more flavor because, you know, seltzers are. It's light like a seltzer, but it has way more flavor. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's the lightness you get in a seltzer, but you actually get to taste the drink fully. It probably has more sugar in it than a seltzer does. Oh, yeah. Like your traditional seltzer, but this is so good. It kind of tastes like they just dump uh, pear syrup in there, mm-hmm. which, oh man, uh, pear flavor is... is good. Now, the more I'm thinking about it, like I never have anything pear flavored. I don't like, cause like sometimes mm-hmm. watermelon flavor and cherry flavor don't translate well into artificial flavors, but pear does. I feel like pear pear, artificial pear flavoring tastes like a pear and like pear, pear cobbler, pear, like just anything with pear is good. Mm-hmm. It's an underrated fruit. Man, I should yeah. get a pear tree. You should. We have one. It wasn't supposed to be fruit bearing, but it is. My dog a, loves them. We have a peach tree. Yeah. My dog loves our apple trees. Mm-hmm. And in the fall, he won't eat his food because he's outside just gorging eating. on apples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I go and look and they're all half eaten. Yep. We couldn't figure out what was going on. And we looked outside one day and he's just lying in the grass, four or five apples, just like sitting right by him. He's just sitting in the grass, just chowing down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, at least apples are good for dogs, apparently. Yeah, they are. Most fruits are. Um, well, yeah. Well, that was well, a f- it's very successful beer week. We've had some actually good weeks because last week was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the week before, oh no, wait, didn't last week you have a zero? Recently we had a zero. Uh, I think I did have a zero, yeah, but I think it was before two weeks ago the Jameson drink because yeah, we had a week off because someone had COVID, mm-hmm. like a little weakling. Yeah, well. Wasn't just me. And it <laughs> sounds like it's almost everybody else in Salt Lake County. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's go have a seat on the culture couch. Let's do it. 
All right. It is still Pride Month. Um, and we just have decided that we're all of our episodes this month are gonna be Pride related. So if you don't like that, sorry. Fuck off. But also keep listening because you'll learn to love it. I promise. <laughs> that's that's a way to rope them in there. Yeah, well, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't have to listen to it. Um, do you want to do pop culture on the radar first? Yeah, let's do it. Um, mine, uh, I haven't caught up on the most recent episode that was out. I think they come out on Fridays, but The Boys, season three. Have I talked about this already? I don't think I have. I don't think you have. Uh, yeah, The Boys season three is out. It is fucking wild. And just as crazy as you can imagine the boys being, um, for anybody who doesn't know, or if you've seen some promo on the outside, it looks like it's just another like superhero show yeah. on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. It is not family friendly. That is what I thought it was. Yeah. Do not watch the show with your family. If you have kids, um, wait till they go to sleep. I would almost say like maybe teenagers, depending on I mean, how mature your teenagers are. Yeah. That's you know, whatever, but it's pretty, it is not, a, it's, it, we're not dealing with the Avengers here. It is or adult do- in every single way. We're not even dealing with like some of the rated R, like Wolverine stuff it, either. It's it like, pushes boundaries. Like, especially, yeah. it's like Game it, of Thrones, oh, met superheroes. It's, it's worse. It, it's so bizarre and outlandish because it's superheroes and they have superpowers. And if you can imagine, an adult show of superheroes, obviously some of their superpowers can be really absurd and weird. And they use that to their, I guess you could say to their advantage to draw people in because of yeah. how fucking wild it is. But it is very good. It's very entertaining. The acting is great. Um, it's very political in the sense that like superheroes are like pretty much running the world, but they're, they're paid like a company pays superheroes to fight crime and do all these things but they're also celebrities it's very strange but very very intriguing season three is really good again just as gnarly nasty gory and fun as the other seasons have been so that's good yeah the show slaps Mm -hmm. and the the story is getting more intense too Okay. And yeah. I mean, there's more stakes on the line. Yes, much more. Uh, season two built a lot. Mm-hmm. So I can see this one. I have loved it. I have not started this season yet, but yeah. I, I need to here soon. It touches on like every subject. I mean, there's, you know, they deal with racist superheroes. They deal with uh, sexist superheroes. They deal with sexual assault. Like a lot of those things, like a lot of really heavy subjects that we see every day in the corporate world, but in a superhero environment yeah uh yeah very good um i have so i am halfway through book three of the mortal instruments yes i'll probably be done by this time next week because i'm getting on an airplane excellent and i like to listen to audiobooks i got andrew on these books a little while ago now you warned me that the audio isn't that there's been some complaints about the audio yeah uh versions Mm mm-hmm so book one is read by uh, Maya Whitman or Whiteman. Oh, May Whitman. May Whitman. I didn't know that she read for those books. Well, May she, Whitman voices Katara. She only does the first book. Ah. And, and she, does it get worse after that? No, she's terrible. Oh, she's terrible. I did <gasps> not like her at all. Oh, no. So then. It's probably different reading a book than doing voice acting. Yeah. You know. Well, and also could just be like, uh, okay, I, she does really well, but her version of Jace specifically is just bad. 
Mm. Like she tried so hard to be a teenage boy that it just, it didn't work very well. Anyway, so book two, book three, and the rest, I'm pretty sure, are Natalie Moore. Mm -hmm. And she's way better. She just fits the characters a lot better. So I was actually kind of struggling in book one. Like I really like the story, but it it very happens very rarely that an audio author that I don't enjoy um, reads the book. And I was like, man, like usually it's you get through the first couple chapters and then they kind of grow on you and you learn it. Mm-hmm. But the the books too, I was like, okay, when Natalie stepped in, it was it was, it was way better. better. Yeah, so I actually better. I think Sophie Turner did one of the books. I think it might have been the prequel series. The huh. I th- I think I'm pretty sure she did something for them. Because she posted about it on Instagram that she was doing something for the Mortal Instruments, but she read for it. I don't know if it was one of the short stories or what, but she's done some part of it. I'm not sure. So I don't know if you'll come up to her later in the series, if she's done one of the later books. But yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of books in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see why. I mean, there's people I'm really interested in. Like Valentine, his backstory, I'm super interested in. Um, You're halfway through book three? Mm-hmm. Like, three. I just want to know more. Book three's wild. Book three's getting pretty wild. The The incest in the series is different. Like, so they find out their brother and sister at the end of book one. Spoiler and, and alert. It was, it was, yeah, well, it's been out <laughs> it's for- It's been out for like 15 years. Yeah, so I don't feel that bad. So it, it was very Star Wars-esque, right? In the uh-huh. sense that they like siblings kissed, and then they find out later that they were siblings. Yeah. And it's Star Wars- Leia kisses Luke, and then they find out they're siblings. And, and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And in this, they find out they're siblings. And I thought in book they two, stop. <laughs> they're going to drop it. And it's just like they keep going. And now in book three, it's freaking even like. And it's so uncomfortable. Just keeps getting more. Well, right now they're mad at each other. Mm-hmm. Still, like they're still in that phase that they're mad at each other. But I feel like it's going to get awkward. Yeah. Um, but the thing I really like about this is like they have every kind of mythical creature you can have mm-hmm. um like vampires werewolves magic like they're all just like tons and tons and tons of creatures yeah so i really like that because there's just so many stories they can tell with it mm-hmm. uh but it's been really good it's very much ya yeah uh like kind of like harry potter 3-esque i would almost say mm-hmm. like kind of same writings three four somewhere in there um it's not like as complicated as six or seven. Yeah. But, and these books also kind of fall in line with the pride theme because there is a lot of LGBTQ plus characters in the books. You haven't met a lot of them yet, yes. but you will. There's only two mm-hmm. and they don't, they, it's not like they've hinted. No, it's more than hinted at it. It's more, um, is it Alec? Is that his name? Alec. Yeah. And Isabel's brother. Magnus. Mm-hmm. They've kind of like briefly talked about how they, look at each other and kind of have a thing for each other, but they haven't gone depth into that yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I was curious if they're going to go further down the, that, that route um, with their, with their stories. So it sounds like they do, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, well, it could be fun depending on how it goes. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, yeah, no, but fine. it's, yeah, it's good. Good stuff. But it's becoming one of my, is it's becoming a, a fantasy series that I am very much, very quickly getting in a rabbit hole on. And you haven't even gotten to like, I mean, books one through three are really good. And Valentine is a really good villain. But 
five, four, five, and six. You don't think that it's going to get better, but it does. Oh, that's good. In it, yeah. And they, she did a Cassandra Clare did a really good job at tying everything together. It, you're in for a treat. That's good. Is it so? It's like two trilogies almost. Then one through one and one, two, three is a kind of thing. In yes, the but it's still a continuation of three. Like things that happen in three and characters that you meet in three. Still are in four. Yeah, that's yeah. how. Um, uh, Barry Goddess Sega is like one, two, three is almost a story. Like you could almost finish, but the way three and sets up like the new villain in book four. Yeah. Like, so they could have stopped writing almost or, and like, that was her original plan was to stop after three. And then she kept going. And then, yeah, she kept expanding the world. And now there's like a prequel series. Well, there's two prequel series. Now, then there's a spinoff that takes place five years after the one you're reading now. I was, and those ones are fucking great. So have you read everything? Uh, everything except for the last book in the sequel series. And then I have not read any of the, um, the second prequel series that she started. You got some reading to do. Mr. Yeah, I'm going to read two books a month. Yeah. That didn't happen. Maybe she'll start with one book a month. Yeah. I definitely should, uh, start easy. Once I've finished all these fucking shows that I need to keep staying up on top of, I'll get back into books. I'm almost there. Shit's Creek is like the last show that I really want to finish before I tackle anything else. Yeah. But you got to get like one book in a month. Yeah. There's so many. Good and one book a month is so easy to do. Especially like Scythe Like it's only like 250 pages. Easy. Put the video games down for a night and just read. Or just an hour a week, two hours a week. Yeah. And I can read a lot in an hour. So yeah. anyway. Great. That's great. I love that you're enjoying it because this book series is so good yeah i'm going down a rabbit hole it's dangerous but i love it uh i think i've mentioned it on the podcast but i've you know, said it was a long thing of my life to, like i'm not gonna get any tattoos that are revolved around a franchise you know it just wasn't ever my thing but these books inspired me to get two tattoos so yeah, yeah you have two on your yeah wrist to evolve like not even like hidden mm -hmm. fantasy yeah like, like they're there but like it, this gives you an idea now that you kind of know, like this is what the runes look like. Yeah, you know, like they're really bold, very intense. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm listening to it, so I have to like look them up. Yeah, because they're. I mean, I'm assuming the book has them in the books. Uh huh. Uh, so you. Uh, no, but there is a. <laughs> this is this is how much I love it. But there is a codex that explains like all of the stuff in between and gives you like a breakdown kind of of the magic. If you want that, you're welcome to borrow it, but it gives you all the runes in that. Oh, I actually, how big is it? It's little, it's like this big. I would like to flip through that actually. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cause I feel like it would make, as I'm listening to the stories better. It'll help things. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, we can move on now. Yeah. Move on to our darn nerd talk. Yes. Love nerd talk. That's all this podcast is really. If you think about it. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So pride month is still here. And we want to just keep going. So we decided that we're going to talk about some of like the LGBTQ plus community's biggest icons in pop culture. Yeah. Um, what to you do you think is an icon or like someone that could represent an icon of the LGBTQ plus community? Uh, and I know it's probably unfair that I'm asking the straight guy this, but I just as an outsider's perspective, it, 
I'm curious to know what you would think. No, that's a good question. And it's also kind of a big question to like kind of form into words and sp- on the spot. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm, I'm double against the double, double, double against me here. But mm-hmm. I would say someone that has a voice that like people can listen to mm-hmm. or not just people that willingly listen to. Right. Yeah. Um, and then are th- that are willing to speak on that topic. Cause there's, there's people in the gay community that don't really that are famous mm-hmm. that don't don't spend a lot of time talking about that stuff, which is totally fine. They just keep that part of their life private. Yeah, and it's cool that you know they've been comfortable and able to be successful. And I'm of the belief that just because you have a platform does not mean that you need to speak on yes. every subject all the time. But I think to be like part of that icon group it has to be someone that's willing to stand up yeah. and be almost the face of equal rights movements in this in this section and, yeah. and so I, that's kind of where and people that break boundaries so those uh, some somewhere in there is is my answer but i bet you have a way better answer for well this. no i was actually the article that i was reading um that talks about like the 25 most iconic the gay icons what have you um that was basically you pretty much hit it on the head Granted, this is one person's opinion on what a gay icon is. Probably it is. also written by a straight person. No, I think it was written by a gay man. I hope so. Um, I mean, with the things that were said about it, I definitely think it was written by a gay man. Um, but yeah, it's someone who is willing to speak about these matters and not be afraid to let their voice be heard. And then will actually put in the work to help these things move forward and... Yeah, pretty much just everything you said, that they use their platform for, you know, what they can. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of an icon in general. Okay, so I guess I have a question. Mm-hmm. To be an icon for the community, do you have to be part of the community? So example, Chris Evans this week, uh-huh. straight guy. Did you hear what he said about the kiss in Lightyear? Uh-huh. He referred to people that are bagging on having a uh, a same-sex kiss, kiss yeah as idiots and they're gonna go extinct like dinosaurs yeah he's very vocal on this mm-hmm. and he even goes on to say it's sad that it's a discussion because it shouldn't even need to be I'm a discussion pretty sure his his i could be wrong but i want to say that his brother is gay okay and so he just is very much a supporter and an ally for the lgbtq plus community because he has a loved one who's gay so that's where my question is like, mm-hmm. would you just put that as into the ally category then? To be considered an icon, I mean, because in my in my mind, because he's an icon, right? Yeah, he's but an like, icon, but I wouldn't consider him a gay icon. That's fair. Um, or like an LGBTQ plus icon, because I think you can't you you do have to be in the community. Um, but not necessarily because I don't. I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong, people who are listening, but like Cher. I don't think Cher is gay. I'm pretty sure Cher is a straight woman, but she is definitely a gay icon. So maybe not. Like, I think it really just depends on what they're willing to fight for and what they're willing to stand for. Um, and how much work, I guess, they put into, you know, these things and helping civil rights movements move forward. So I think he definitely could be. I, I mean, I don't know. Do I, do I really get to say who can be an icon? Who gets to say, really, at the end of the day? No, and I think that's kind of like the, the part of the question. I think really what it matters is is it's a person who develops a big following of people in the LGBTQ community. Oh, so their following is 
based on? Yeah, so like Judy Garland. Judy Garland is looked at as a gay icon. She's not gay. Okay, my list is not going to go well. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But like, she developed a very big following and she surrounded herself by a lot of gay men. Okay. But she wasn't gay. But, you know, so I I don't know. I guess I, I will say that I, I can't answer that. Okay. That's tough. No, I think it's tough. And I want to talk about I just wanted to bring up Chris Evans because it happened this week with Lightyear coming out. Mm -hmm. I also think it's great that Disney did this. Yeah, and I do think it's really important that straight people voice their opinions and their support. We need that. Yeah. So I think it's great. No, I, I think it's good too. Um, well, do you want a million degrees in here? It is really hot in here. Anyway, um, do you want me to bring up a first? So who I have up on my list first? Yeah. I figure we can go with like the most boring to the most fun. Yeah, for sure. But I actually think this person might be one of the most important because uh, I actually didn't know this person was gay until today. Oh, okay. Tim Cook. I don't know who Tim Cook He's is. He's the CEO of Apple. Oh, the current CEO. The current CEO of Apple. Oh, I did not know that he was gay. No. Um. So he was became the CEO of Apple in August of 2011. Mm -hmm. So it's been over 10 years. Took over from Steve Jobs after Steve Jobs dies. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, massive. Now, not only did he take over, he has blown it out of the water. Apple's stock um, has doubled doubled in his first 10 years, which mm -hmm. is very impressive because they were a very much established company. Um, and he is the first chief executive of a Fortune 500, uh, Fortune 500 company to be uh, openly gay. To come out interesting so huge like milestone in the business world right mm -hmm. i mean he takes one of if not the largest company over from its founder steve jobs who is one of the most known well-known ceos of all time yeah and has to do it while he has the world against him and like as who he is as a person right mm -hmm. um and he did it in 2011 when it wasn't i mean today it's better than it was in 2011 right like just right. as far as the way the community is treated and he plays a big part into that he's i mean having someone that big is huge mm -hmm. and marketing with you know i kind of am on the fence about like all these brands that once june 1st hits they change their logos on social media to rainbows and the second june is over they change it back like it's just definitely a, a cash grab and, you know, a marketing strategy for a lot of these companies, I think. Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of people who really hate that companies do this. But at the same time, like, I think it's really cool to see. I I like it because it just, like, it's so, it just shows so much support. Yeah. Because there's companies that don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right? But, like, there's this, this huge way. I just would hope that if they are going to do that and show their support, that then, like, maybe during the month of June, like, there's, like, a portion of their sales they put towards, you know, certain organizations that help out the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. You know? That would be cool. I don't know if that's what they do. If that's what they don't do, I'm not sure. But, yeah, it is interesting. But, like, I wonder if that is when... Like when he took over, if that's when they started adding all the emojis with like, because you know how there's the little family emojis. Yeah. There's like, now there's, you can see a, a man, a woman, and a child, like in the family emoji. And then there's two men and a child, two women and a child, you know, like. Yeah, very. I, I wonder if he was the reason for that. 
I would not be shocked if he played a part in that. Yeah. Um, at least, you know. Because do you know how long he was with the company before he took over? I don't. Mm-hmm. And I just closed my note on him. That's okay. So, um, I know he also, he's with Nike. He's on the board directors for Nike. Uh, oh, dude. So, he's getting his bag then. Oh, yeah. He's making shit ton of money. Oh, he makes disgusting amounts of money. And he says when he dies, it's all going to charity. Oh, good. Just all of it. Everything he has, he's just full dump, full send. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he can give some to his family. <laughs> I'm sure his family's going to be very, like, well yeah. off. But I think more just, like, cash on hand, you know. Yeah. He's just going to just full send. Cool. So, you know, and I would be very shocked if a big chunk of that didn't go to the uh, to the LGT. B Q L G B T Q L G B T Q. It's a lot. Hey, look, it's I'm dyslexic, man. <laughs> letters, letters. I, I can't tell you letters that like they teach you in the first grade. And a lot of people just say that they're dyslexic. Andrew actually is dyslexic. Like, yeah, yeah. If it's you, a real thing. <laughs> and like, really Lear, trying to read his text messages is not no easy feat. I, I like how you're like right now. A lot of people claim they are. <laughs> Andrew is. <laughs> Yeah. I can't spell quesadilla. You think I'm going to like... Well, it's fine. I try really hard to remember LGBT. LGBTQ plus. Yes. Man. Yeah. Technically, I mean, there's more. It's LGBTQIA plus. It's it's a lot. It's getting... They need to simplify it. (laughs) Like, I get it. But it's time that we simplify it a little bit. I've kind of just more gone towards uh, the gay community. Mm -hmm. And I have actually spent a significant amount of time in my life looking at LGBTQ plus on my phone. Uh-huh. Like I will look it up and I will stare at it for 10 minutes mm-hmm. multiple times a week. And I can never just, yeah, it just is bad. Man. It's a mouthful. It definitely is. It needs, yeah, the, we need something more fun. Mm-hmm. Just other than just letters, you know, I don't know. They would, I wouldn't want that responsibility of coming up with a name for the whole community, but what? Just someone else. The pride be. community. That's yeah. what we should call it. Yeah. Pride Month, the Pride community, like it all just kind of... Yeah, it just, I don't know. We, you guys, you should start that movement, Skylar. Right. I know you said you don't want that, but you should do it. Maybe I can be the next gay icon of this, this century or whatever. Um, okay, do you want to just like switch off? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got one, Marsha P. Johnson. Um, Marsha P. Johnson is well known as a drag performer. She was mostly known back in the 60s. That's when you know she was thriving um she would a lot of people would say that she's the most important gay icon of all time um she was in the new york drag scene like i said she was a fierce performer or fierce and ferocious just had tons of followers everybody loved her um she also was a very strong activist and she co-founded star alongside sylvia rivera which was a youth shelter that took hundreds of queer people off the streets, which is super cool because a lot of like um, homeless youth, there's a really high percentage of them that are LGBTQ plus, especially here in Utah. Um, but yeah, she's participated in dozens of demonstrations and protests demanding equal rights for LGBTQ citizens and getting arrested over a hundred times in the process of doing Whoa. so. Yeah. Cause I was back in the time when, showing any kind of support or any kind of homosexual act that you like showed publicly, you could get arrested for it. A hundred times? Over a hundred times. 
Dude, that is so many times to be arrested. Mm -hmm. Some claim that she threw the first brick at the Stonewall riots, but she insisted that she was not uh, even at the riots until later in the day. So that's obviously not true, but some people say. Good um, good on her, though, for being... Because I could see a lot of people being like, oh, they're saying it's me, and mm -hmm. saying, yeah, I was there to kind of build up their own fluff. Yeah. Just in you know, general with stuff like that. So I could totally, totally respect on being like, no, I was not the first in that. Mm -hmm. um, her death was ruled as a suicide. Um, whilst many believe that she was murdered. Um, one thing that uh, basically isn't up for de debate is that the gay rights movement would not be where it is now without her. Um, people weren't sure. I don't, I, I didn't do a ton of digging into this little bit, but some people, said that she was a trans woman um but she also has self-identified just as a drag queen so you know drag queens everybody just calls them she because it's easier yeah and it's more fun um yeah that's mine i don't know if you've seen her photo but it's a pretty famous photo of her if you've seen it around i have mine. seen that picture yeah she just looks super happy to be alive so well yeah sad that suicide maybe murder mm -hmm. either way that's sad yeah however whatever actually happened uh my next one actually goes up with something you brought up earlier today umbrella okay. academy oh elliot page elliot page yeah so i actually have uh loved elliot page from a very for a very very long time mm -hmm. same one thing to note the reason is uh, he is born uh, in this essentially the same state my mom was born in, uh -huh. in Canada. He's from Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia, right? yeah. And it's not a very popular place, Nova Scotia. Why? It's just not like it. Like the population is not. It's just small. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like, let's see. I mean, their biggest city, Halifax, has. 500,000 people that live there. Oh, geez. Okay. And that's like significantly their biggest. Like it just, it's the small remote air part of Canada. There's just not a lot of people there. So it's really cool that someone is from, someone famous is from Nova Scotia. Yeah. And that's where my mom's from. So I've always just been like, you know, mm -hmm. fan girl over Elliot Page yeah. since um, forever. Anyways, been in tons of movies, uh, Whippet, Super, Inception, um, X-Men, Days of Future Past, um, Juno. Have you ever seen Juno? Of course I've seen Great Juno. Great movie. That is, it, Juno is the movie that probably really got me into the indie film okay. scene. Yeah. Because it is very much an indie film. Oh my God. I just got goosebumps for some reason. I fucking love Juno. I and I saw it when I was in high school. Uh, and it just, I have never watched a movie that was so much like my flavor of humor ever. So sarcastic, so dry, just, oh my God. That's what I, I love about it. Elliot Page is so dry. Yep. And the delivery, all, everything that, all of his lines that he gave, just, oh my God, so good. Um, but like, there couldn't have been anyone better for that movie. No, and I love him. Um, he came out as transgender in 2020. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's already been two years. Yeah. My well, God. so he came out in December of 2020. So it's been okay. a year and a half. Yeah. Really. Okay. Um, but he was the first openly trans man, man, man yeah. or men? Trans, trans man. Trans man on Time Magazine. Oh. 
uh, which Interesting. is really, you know, again, like really groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And something I think is super cool is that um, Netflix and the, the studio and the writers and uh, pretty much everyone in that came up with a way to write that story into Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Because now Vanya is going to be Victor. Victor, yep. Uh and, and I'm I'm interested. This we will. I know that we will start the season with Vanya, and then at some point Vanya will transition into Victor. So, oh, okay. So th- they're going to write the story in. It sounds like yes. They somehow are, they are writing in somehow that Vanya is transgender. Yes. I'll be very curious to see how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always just I love Elliot mm-hmm. Page. Well, and Vanya's character was always so interesting. So, and now that. Vanya slash Victor is like more comfortable with themselves as you know, with their superpowers and very, very powerful. I'm really excited to see what they do. Yeah. I think this could be a really empowering story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like you said, very much lost soul kind of can feel like Vanya just very much not, yeah. not comfortable with themselves. A little bit of like that lost soul uh, uncomfortable and, and kind of, I mean, it's a very relatable story with anybody who's in the LGBTQ community anyway, yeah. because, you know, she was always told you have to quiet yourself. You have to, you can't, yeah. you can't let you, people know what you are and you just have to deal with it. And I mean, they, her dad, quote unquote, dad lied to her and said that she had no powers when she actually did. So it's not like she knew she had powers, but still it's like that same kind of relatable Avenue, you know, yeah, of having to, Conceal, don't feel, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how they write this story in. Yeah, me Um, too. And that starts this week. Is it going to be something that's kind of a longer part of the story? Or is it, are they going to use magic to explain it quickly? Like, Mm -hmm. how are they going to do it? Um, And I'm curious how much of a waste did Elliot say on this? You know? I'm sure Elliot had a lot of say. Yeah, or well, I mean, that, like, or I just, I just wish, that, or I would hope that Netflix would be like, well, we need you to be a part of the show, so we're going to write this in. Yeah. Well, I'm more curious, like, how they wrote the story. If yeah. it was like, this is a good way to present this to like make to people. not make it feel like a cop out. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, ho- I don't want it to feel like they tried to cop out, and make it easy. Yeah. Um, I want it to fit with the story, but also be a good time to teach people. Mm-hmm. So and to let transgender people feel seen yeah yeah so i think it's really cool it's this is a big and it's coming out in june like it's mm-hmm. or all in good time do you say next week i think it, no i think it starts this, this week. week yeah yeah so i'm really great i think it's that's a a really fun story and it's going to be really fun to kind of go through mm-hmm. um okay well i definitely cannot go this episode without mentioning rupaul Okay. I was wondering if you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think we would have been shunned if we didn't. Yeah. I mean, there's probably going to be a bunch that we do, that we miss that some people are like, they didn't say this, you know, but... We're just picking uh, some our favorites. Like, yeah, it's kinda. mostly kind of our favorites, which, I mean, everybody has their own favorite icons, right? Yeah. Um, but RuPaul, admittedly, this might come as a shock... I actually have not watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Not even a episode? Not one episode. Okay. But for the longest time, I didn't know where you could watch it or how. Because I, I don't think it 
broadcast it on regular TV for a while. But now I think it's on Hulu. Is it? I think. it's. I think there's some on Hulu. I think there's some on Amazon Prime, too. Mm-hmm. We have a friend yeah. who will murder you. Yeah. Uh, he knows. <laughs> he knows that I haven't oh, seen it. He makes me watch it sometimes. Yeah. It's pretty entertaining. Um, it's pretty impressive, too. Yeah. It's like some of the makeup that some of these people can do is beyond yeah. this it's, world. It's, drag is an art form. It, oh, it, for sure. It is 100% an art form. Sometimes it's not good art. Mm-hmm. Like some There's pe- people who aren't good at it, but there are people who are really fucking yeah. good at it. Like, they walk out and they look like female supermodels. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you were a hairy dude, yeah. and you look like you're a 120-pound supermodel. Like, I don't get this. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I, I like them. I really appreciate the whole art form of drag, you know, as a whole. But I love the more, like, elaborate outlandish makeup like the ones that have like really crazy makeup i think that's a lot more fun um but i do follow a lot of drag queens so i i know who trixie mattel is i know who katya is i know who bob the drag queen is like you know all of all of the big named ones that some people are probably going to be rolling their eyes at because they're like the some people view those ones that i just mentioned as like of course he knows who they are because they're like the most famous okay but none of those people are around without rupaul Right. He, if it wasn't because of RuPaul, what he they did, wouldn't be anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What he has done for the drag scene is, I mean, he, I'd say he pretty much gave it to the world in a way, but he yeah. was very limited with who he would allow on the show. Like it was typically just like cisgendered men that he would bring on. But now they actually, I think in this last season, they have a trans man that competes. Um, and I think in, two seasons ago there was a straight man that was on it interesting yeah but he just has very much loved drag he thinks it's really cool and he just did it and he's there's a tv show what is it um kimmy schmidt there's a straight guy who does drag Uh and he dresses up as his girlfriend oh really and like does his makeup to look like her because she's so obsessed with herself Ah, so like they, it's like a play. It's like so funny. Sorry, you said straight man and drag, and my mind was like, wait a second. Yeah, where have I heard something about that? Uh huh. So RuPaul um, started making his way out in the eighties, I believe, um, and then he had a talk show on uh, VH1, I want to say, and had a lot of like big name celebrities that came on the show. Um. And then he started RuPaul's Drag Race and now has given, like, I think, like, crazy careers to, like, 150 drag queens that are out there now. Um, and it's really interesting. The drag scene, if it's something that you are ever even remotely curious to know, you should look into it. Because it is – there is so much that goes into the drag scene. And it's it's really cool and really fascinating. Um, but, yeah, RuPaul, I would dare say, is, like – Probably one of the highest, most esteemed gay icons of all time. And will go down as one of them. Oh, yeah. Also, the man does not age. Have you seen him outside of drag? Uh, he looked. He's looked the same f- yeah. for the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old he is. I think he's in his late 50s. He looks like he's maybe 40. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's does not age at all. But that comes with being involved in makeup. You're going to know how to take care of your skin and all that. So, I mean, they're going to... He probably has a very extensive skincare routine. Oh, I'm sure. And I bet it's expensive. 
But he also has the but money. But he also has the money. Yep, exactly. Uh, my next one here, uh, this is one that I love. I very much love this human being. Mm-hmm. Sir Ian McKellen. I'm so glad you brought this one up. Um, the reason that I thought of him specifically, first of all, he's knighted. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically British royalty. And one of the greatest actors to ever act ever. Yeah. Ever. Um, and I didn't realize he came out in 1988. See, I was actually talking about this with my mom, and he—I wasn't sure when he came out, but I knew that he was—he was older when he came when he came out. Yeah, I mean, because he's freaking eighty-three right now. Mm-hmm. So even, I mean, what what is eighty? What is eighty-eight? Is that like thirty years ago? Thirty-five years ago or so? Yeah, but I think thirty-three. So he would have been in his fifties. It's still pretty old, mm-hmm. but he's been ever since he came out very much. You know, very pushing the the, the social movements forward worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2014, he was awarded the freedom, the uh, freedom of the city of London, which is like um, for people that do like big social movements and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, like he's just a great dude. He's been in. I mean, do you want to tell us everything he's been in? Do you have it memorized? I, I have his like two biggest roles to me that you memorize, but everybody should fucking know who Ian McKellen is. I mean, his discography is a mile long, but most importantly, Gandalf the gray, Gandalf the gray, and Gandalf the white, of course. Yep. And very famously Magneto Magneto. And he's also in Lord of the Rings. That's Gandalf. Gandalf. You said, Oh, duh. <laughs> Da, 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 da. I thought you said something else. I totally. Yeah. There were a lot of people I think that wanted him to play Dumbledore as well, but I'm kind of glad that he didn't. He would have been a good Dumbledore. I mean, I, he can I, be anything. He, yeah, he can be anything. But I really like that he stayed as Gandalf and didn't cross into the Harry Potter yeah, world. I but agree. I think he would have been great as Dumbledore. I mean, don't get me wrong, but yeah. Ian McKellen. He just seems like he's so sweet, so nice. Like yeah. whenever he's on any talk shows that has like any guests with him, this the Graham. Do you know who Graham Norton is? Yep. I fucking love Graham Norton. He is so great. He's a little bit like sometimes his questions can be a little bit intrusive. I feel, but I also he's really good at keeping it light and keeping it fun. But there's been a few times that Ian has been on, and. He just seems so, like, genuinely interested in the other people's, like, stories and stuff. And he, like, gets really excited when they tell, like, crazy wild stories. And he asks them questions. Like, he just seems like such a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just... The grandpa everyone should have. I hate when actors get to a certain age where you're like... They're gonna die soon. (laughs) Yeah, well, if Ian, if he was the age he was when he did Harry Potter at Lord of the Rings... He would have been so good as a character in Scythedom. Mm-hmm. Like, if they made that a movie when he was, you know, 60, yeah. 55, 60, he would have been perfect. But at 83, he's too old for it. Yeah. So sometimes I read books that I know are getting turned into movies, and I'm like, man, I wish that character, you know, could be this person. But yeah. they're now they're too old. Uh-huh. So it's just sad. Do you think he'll make a cameo in the Amazon Lord of the Rings series? He would be a younger Gandalf, but not that much younger, I don't think. I don't know, actually. That's a good... I'm actually not sure how far in advance, like, how much... 
earlier it takes place. I don't know either. Is it a few thousand years? I'm I thought sure. it was pretty far because yeah. it's when the rings. So he may not be alive. I think it was before the rings are made, and it's like how the rings were forged. And I don't think Gandalf was around when the rings were forged. Yeah, I'm not sure because he wasn't at the big battle. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but that's a show I'm really excited for. And that comes this year as well. Yes. It's a big year for TV. They're starting to roll in. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Ian McKellen, man. He's great. Uh, okay. Um, Har- so I'm going to talk about another politician, Harvey Milk. Okay. Um, very, he was one of the first openly gay elected officials in the U.S., and he opened the door for tons of LGBTQ politicians who would follow in his footsteps. Um, he brought a lot uh, of identity, of the gay identity, to the forefront of the U.S. national debate. And during his time, he's, or he, during his time spent in office, he actively campaigned for gay liberation, including advocating a bill that banned discrimination for housing and employment of the basis of sexuality. So he made some really good changes and, you know, paved some really good paths for the community. Um, he was assassinated by a former member of politics who didn't like what he had to say about gay rights. And his murderer, unfortunately, was acquitted of murder charges, sparking outrage across the city of San Francisco. Of course. Um, but, I mean, his legacy that he left behind was great. I mean, it's just, I think even, I'm not sure, I would assume, but the bar that we went to for the festivities this weekend, Milk, I think, is named after him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering where the name, I was like, Milk is such an interesting name, yeah. but no, that makes sense. Which if you live in Utah or if you're coming to Utah at any time and you want to go to a great gay bar, go there. It was awesome. It's better than the trap. Oh, I haven't been to the trap. It's cleaner. It's better put together. So nice. So super clean. nice. It's a good bar. Yeah. Great bar. Uh, but yeah, President Barack Obama even awarded him a posthumous medal of freedom in 2009, which I thought was pretty cool. That is cool. Okay. My next one is uh, Jodie Foster. It's so funny that you're bringing up all these like ones that I was going to bring up as well. <laughs> <laughs> we also have the same taste of like True. things we're interested in. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm going to the people that I watch the most. Yeah. Uh, or I talk or I think are the most interesting. I mean, Tim Cook blew me away. I honestly had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, and then I thought he, I was like, this, he's too important not to bring up Yeah. with, um, anyways, he's just a, a very cool dude, but, uh, Jodie Foster, I, I mean, dude, I mean, probably best known for Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything else that's bigger than that. At least that's her most famous, at least, I mean, that was her at her peak, but, um, she, I don't, I tried to figure out when she came out and I couldn't find it. I also kind of started running out of time, but, uh, I, so I don't know when she came out or how long she's been out as a lesbian, but she, I don't think it's been very long. I think it's okay. under 10 years. She hasn't been out for a long oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, maybe, but it's, it's, it's fairly recent. I love Jodie Foster. Yeah. She's great. Great. Great, great, great. Um, how are we doing on time by the way? Um, we're at 52 minutes. Okay, cool. I just, I, you have the clock, man, so I don't know. Uh, but no, you can go ahead. Most people don't care about that. That's true. I have I one. I get a lot of people telling me that we need to record longer, but. All right. You know, whatever. 
Uh, I only have one more, so you go. Okay. I've got a few more that I would like to talk about. Um, it's kind of another no-brainer. I can't not bring her up. Lady Gaga. Yeah, so I was going to, but I knew you were going to, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't yeah. take that away from you. Yeah. Uh, you definitely couldn't. <laughs> but everybody knows that Lady Gaga has been at the forefront of the LGBTQ community, and she also is bisexual. Um but she has fought tooth and nail um, to for gay rights just pretty much her entire career. And in the beginning of her career, around like 2013, when she was becoming really popular, she was arguably like one of the few artists out there that was very openly supportive to the LGBTQ plus community and like fiercely supportive of it. So, I mean, we have to pay credit to her because she... I feel like in a lot of ways normalized it. And she did a lot of kind of more silent protesting for it, like for her really famous meat dress that she wore to one of, I think it was the VMAs that she wore that to, or maybe it was MTV awards. I'm not sure, but she wore that as a protest for the don't ask, don't tell policy in the military. Um, but I mean, yeah, she is a veteran for the LGBTQ community and has, like I said, she has fought hard for gay rights and I will always love her for that. (laughs) I do love Miss Gaga. Mm -hmm. I wish we had something cool in the U S that was like knighting people, you know, like Sir Isaac Newton or Uh because she deserves the American equivalent of being knighted. Yeah. I don't, we don't have one, but we should get one. And Mm -hmm. Lady Gaga should be one of the first hundred people to, get that honor yeah a lot of people would probably say like no i should go to madonna but like i mean sure but also i i disagree i just think lady gaga is just yeah i think of lady gaga and i think gay icon yeah i mean i don't think anybody doesn't think that no she's definitely one of like the flags i don't know like mm-hmm. she should have her own flag yeah <laughs> but i mean and her song born this way is basically like the all-time best gay anthem ever. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's there. She did the work. She's done the work. It is what it is. No, she has. She's she's a good good cookie, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last one is Pete Buttigieg. Ah, yes. Um, and he current, uh, he's the current U.S. Treasurer, oh, sorry, U.S., the United States Secretary of Transportation, um, he assumed office in January of 2023. He was in the United States military in the Navy from 2009 to 2017. And for seven months of that, uh, in 2014, he was deployed to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, being gay and being deployed in, uh, the Middle East has to be one of the toughest things that someone could go through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I heard him talk personally. I went to, he came to Utah. So he, in 2020, he, uh, for the 2020 election, he was a presidential candidate. He came to Utah to speak during the caucuses. And, um, I heard him talk personally. I heard his story personally. And I think if we are looking for someone to be a presidential candidate that really is going to move human rights forward in a lot of ways, we should take him a lot more seriously than we do. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I heard him talk and I was captivated and, uh, he, he gives off this genuine caring of people. He 
really wants everyone in the country to succeed, whether you agree with him or not, he still wants you to have a country that you're safe in and you can be successful in. And, uh, you know, I admire that a lot. And I, I think he's done a lot. I mean, he was ridiculed a lot for being, you know, trying to be a, a gay, gay president. Uh, you know, there was a group of people that didn't want, want that or p- push that forward. And unfortunately, I think because there was so much concern about having a gay president from the Democratic nominee, uh, that he kind of got pushed out of the election process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope one day we get to a point as a country where we can have a president that is openly out and gay and and we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. So that's my spill on Pete. Yeah. I think he's a great dude. If you don't know much about him, everyone should know more about him. He is a phenomenal human being. And I think if we have a chance at having a really good presidential leader, he is the person. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, every time he speaks, he does. I mean, he's younger. And maybe that's a lot of why people don't take him seriously either. But when he speaks, like, he knows his shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, it just, the proof is in the pudding. Is that the, is that the saying? <laughs> the proof is in the pudding? I, I, don't I think know. something like that. It's, yeah. I'm sure I partially pulled that out of my ass, but whatever. I mean, any topic too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, if you hear him talk about gun rights, abortions, uh, gay, you know, gay right movements, uh, uh, economics, transportation issues, like not just like social movements, but like other issues in the country, physical, uh, financial issues, you know, things like that, that political leaders also need to be versed in, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's two parts to being a political leader. You need the social aspect, but you also need the, the economic policies and everything else to go with it. And he they can do both so well. And that's what makes him very unique. But because he is trying to move the social envelope forward, it's making it so other people are pushing him back. Yeah. Which is sad because it's whatever. It's dumb. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I'll talk about one more uh, for time's purposes because it is getting late because <laughs> we're culture couch after dark right now um but (laughs) in june even yeah and we do have to work in the morning so but i would like to i mean say what you want about her um because i mean i haven't done a ton of digging into the whole situation but i know that she recently has been canceled because of like a toxic work environment but ellen degeneres okay we can't sorry what i had her on my list Uh uh-huh um time brought up so i'm glad you brought her up yeah so we can't talk about this without mentioning ellen because she also was one of the you know people who came out publicly when it was very taboo to do so yeah and very difficult for gay people just the lifestyle of being gay in that time i mean it's difficult all the time for a lot of people but um she came out and she came out through her TV show. So her character came out as gay, but it was also like her coming out as gay. And then her TV show got canceled for it. But I would honestly say that that was the catalyst for TV allowing to have other gay characters yeah. beyond the show. And um, I do know that Joss Whedon has talked about this. And again, Joss Whedon, fuck that guy. But, uh, he, when he was talking about Buffy, one of the best characters in that show, um, in season four, 
discovers that she's a lesbian. And it is one of the best, uh, like, self-discovery stories that you can see in a character. Because I actually really hated in movies or TV when, like, a character will be straight, you know, all the way through, like, so many seasons. Then randomly they're just, all right, I'm actually going to not be straight anymore. Willow's arc was very much, like, she broke up with the last boy that she dated. And then she just started spending time around this girl. And started realizing, oh, there's like, I mean, I like her as a friend, but like, this is different. Like, and she talks about it and explains that, like, just experience. And she does say, like, I'm not into women. I'm into this one woman. And that just kind of starts her on her journey of self-discovery. It's a beautiful, beautifully done. But he has said, Joss Whedon has said that Ellen has was a lot of the one you know that paved the ground for TV and I would probably have to agree that without Ellen we wouldn't have the TV that we have now I mean and you think like she was in a Di- a Disney cartoon for a kids movie mm-hmm. and everyone knew who she was or, and she was out everyone yeah. knew that Ellen was gay yeah and and that was what 2004 2005 like yeah. it's been a while since finding nemo came out right mm-hmm. and what's interesting there wasn't a ton of outrage about that no maybe that i'm not aware of um but i feel like today there would be uh, i don't know i mean i mean there are so many actors or gay actors out there that play characters i could just like... see a group being like we're putting that in our kids minds oh i mean god that fucking happens with anything nowadays yeah you can't get away from so, that shit. No, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But no, for her to, yeah, she's broken tons of boundaries. Yeah, in in all positive ways too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what she's done for the gay community, I I think she's done a lot of really great work, and you can't deny that. I don't. Again, at the end of the day, what she's done has been really good. So, yeah. Those are some of our gay icons or some of our favorite gay icons. And I mean, there are countless others, I'm sure. But the good thing about that is Pride Month comes around every every year. So we'll talk about more next year, I'm sure. And we, we've missed two of the biggest, Freddie Mercury and Elton John, we didn't even talk about. Yeah. And they're two of the biggest music icons ever mm-hmm. to live. So I yeah. mean, there's honorable mentions. We'll give them theirs. But I mean, there's tons we're it, missing is the point I'm it's making. saying that anybody else is more iconic than them i mean you in the music industry you just can't i mean there's a lot there's lil nas x like one of the if not one of the only openly gay rap artists like yeah that just doesn't happen all the time no there's there's tons and yeah there's a lot comes around every year mm-hmm. talk about different people next year and, and i'm sure we'll probably come across more in this next year from 2022 to 2023 there might true. be more that come out and i will have more to talk about what i hope to see in the near future is more in sports. Yes. Cause, uh, sports just is not a very accepting place. Yeah. Because there's this stigma with athletes that they have to be, you know, masculine and macho or, you know, or even you look at women athletes, there's just this assumption that women athletes are gay. Why? Yeah. Why can't women just... Like softball players. Yeah. Specifically. I mean, sure, there's a higher percentage maybe of players that are gay in softball and women's softball, but I mean, women's softball, because softball's not a men's sport professionally, right? It's not. 
No. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think that definitely is a, an industry that we need more openness and more support from. Yeah. I mean, there's been some here or there, mm-hmm. but it's very, very small. Very yeah. small, and I hope to see more come out of that. Mm-hmm. Or even the ones yeah. that are out, like, talk about them a little bit more. Like Gus Kenworthy, one of the best skiers, but no one really knows about him because yeah. he's not really out there very much. But, I mean, he's excellent. Yeah. I think his the last Winter Olympics that just happened was his last run. And, yeah, there, sports definitely needs – there's plenty of room. Yeah, yeah. You there's know? tons of room in sports. So yeah, no. I hope I hope this time next year we have more industries to branch into. I mean, we kind of focused a lot in music, movies, a little bit of music, a little bit of politics, a little bit of business, but mm-hmm. be fun to branch out into more stuff. Yeah, and I want to. I specifically also want to see more transgender representation in movies yeah. and media all across the board. I just why not? Why the fuck not? No, I agree. I hope. I think Elliot Page is paving a way for that too. Mm-hmm. So good on him for having the courage, man. Yeah. I am sure he has a tough life. Had a tough life. Mm-hmm. They all do. Yeah. Every, every transgender person has dealt with a lot of shit. Yeah. So, yeah. But that is that on that episode. Unless you have anything else you'd like to add. No, I don't have anything else. I. Yeah, next week should be pretty fun, I think. Yeah, next week is going to be interesting. Andrew is going to be gone, so recording is going to be a little bit odd. I kind of don't want to give any details about the episode, but it's going to be it's going to be a special one. It's going to be special, but it might be a little late. Yeah, it might just by like a day or two. It might by a be day a or bit two, late. but yeah, we'll, yeah, we got to figure out. So just it's going to be a fun one to end mm. Pride Month on. I will say maybe. Maybe bring tissues. <laughs> it could be. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows where we go with that? Yeah. Or where the stories go, I should say. Yeah, for sure. Um, unpopular opinion time. Do you have one? Mm, yes. Okay. What is it? There's like this stigma that like partying, like going out for parties is like a 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. thing. Mm-hmm. And 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Like that's kind of when like the like the high like, hour of bars yeah. is and stuff. I would like a social acceptance of that being 8 p.m. to midnight. It is still a four-hour period. We are not adjusting the amount of time. I'm just saying, starting at 8 p.m. is not any... There's nothing wrong with 8 p.m. to midnight first 10 to 2. Yeah, you're right, but I think having 10 to 2 a.m. adds more cushion for people who get out later. Some people work late. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that, but... I would uh, say overall... But there is, like... People who like to go home earlier do get shit on a little bit because they're like, oh, you're so boring. You know, I'm old. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't have a problem staying out late, but that's just because I'm a night owl. When we're on like our feet, Mm -hmm. I don't get tired. Like when we're out moving around, dancing, playing stuff, I'm fine. That's when we're sitting and drinking. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm comfortable. And when I start getting comfortable, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go to bed. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you think bars should close at 12? I don't think they should close at 12. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they should stay open later. I just think... Socially, it should be more acceptable like, for people to party from 8 to midnight. I want the peak social to be 10 p.m. Or right now, like, the peak moment is midnight, right? Because it's like, 
everyone kind of starts rolling in you know 10 p.m it starts ramping up midnight's peak and then it kind of starts dying down until two because i mean at the bar that we went to what time did we get there Hmm, probably like nine probably about the, yeah like nine but it really didn't start happening until like 10 probably 10 30 almost 11 o'clock yeah and i just want i just want that all bumped up two hours I want the same exact experience. I just want to all two hours. I want to start two hours just earlier, a little earlier and end two hours earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That would mean that you'd get more sleep for sure. And God knows after a night like that, we could all use a little more sleep. Exactly. And the problem is I have a freaking St. Bernard that is like, I, I don't give a shit what time you get home. I have to go outside at the mm-hmm. same time. I, I have, have needs. I have yeah. to pee and eat. I eat and pee at the same time every day. Just because you're out playing doesn't mean my pee schedule isn't adjusted. Like, he doesn't care. Don't blame him either. He's on a routine. Yeah. Dogs complicate everything. Yeah, man. They got their lives that they've got figured out. Mm-hmm. Me coming home in the middle of the night. You don't care. You don't think that dogs would really change your life that much? They do. No, they do. You have to consider all those things. So consider this as your... Uh, warning. Your warning. If you're considering getting a dog, your scheduling is going to have to change. Mm-hmm. At least for the first little while until they get used to Especially the first little while. Yeah. Like the first year, you really have to change a lot of your lifestyle. But not too much because they shouldn't rule the roost. But you know what I mean. Yes. Um, All right. My unpopular opinion. I had a question I was supposed to ask you. Someone sent it to me and I know it's lost in my text messages. I know who asked me though. So I will go find out and we'll, we'll circle back on this. Was it supposed to be a question they want to ask on the podcast? Yes. Oh, do you want to look through your phone really quick? I won't find it. Oh, okay. It's it's buried. Okay. I yeah. I'll find it. I will. I will find it slash have them resend it, and we will follow up on this. Okay. Um. Cool. The anxiety is killing me, or not anxiety? Anticipation. Okay. So I'm gonna do mine a little bit differently. Okay. Mine is actually a correction of an unpopular opinion that I had a while ago. Oh. Because my opinion has changed. And that opinion changed today. Bold. Yeah. Uh, I I won't say that I'm on the bandwagon yet. Okay. But, but Raisin Cane's. Finally. <laughs> okay. okay, so you're warming and, up. Yes. Yeah, so, But here's the thing. Is I... So I'm... Yeah. I guess I don't have an unpopular opinion, but I'm amending one of my unpopular opinions no, that's fair i mean we all need make to it popular we all need to mature and become better people so i'm yeah. proud of you well for here's this. the thing is and i think i did talk about this too is i had never had it fresh yeah so like the first time i had it i ordered it and then i drove home all the way across town which i mean isn't that long but it's like 15 minutes of it just sitting in your car sweating from condensation and in fast food world 15 minutes is like five hours yeah like it ages five hours worth in 10 and 50, minutes. In 15 minutes, yeah. yeah. Like, it does not hold very well at all. Um, but tonight, I went with some friends, and I got the chicken sandwich, which is just chicken tenders on a bun with lettuce and the fry sauce. Um, it was really fucking good. <laughs> it is. It was really, it's so good. really good. And I think it just it's made the world of a difference for it being fresh. So, yes, I apologize to all of your, or you Raising Cane's fanatics, but I have learned my the error of my ways. No, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Uh, but I can say that I'm a fan. And their 
cheap. My whole meal came with a lot of fries, a big ass sandwich, and a drink for under ten dollars. Yeah, no, it's a cheap restaurant. Like, well, what the fast hell? Food restaurant. Yeah, it's cheap, and the quality of the chicken is solid. Is really good, and chicken. their toast fresh is good. I still will hold to this that the chicken itself, like the chicken tenders, don't have any flavor. But I think they want you to use or get their fry sauce. Their cane sauce is bomb. Yeah, which is essentially just fry sauce. It's it fry has, sauce. It's but fry it's sauce. Got, it's got like a spice to it. Yeah, it's fry sauce with seasoning. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like a, not chipotle because it's not as spicy, but it's like, like almost a peppery. Like, a, like a mild chipotle fry sauce. It's good. Yeah. Anyway. Popeye's is still better fried chicken. Fast like food. Like on fr- the bone? Well, no. Well, I mean, they don't have on the bone at uh, Popeye's. Like just but. chicken tenders are better. You still think so? Oh, yeah. Popeye's fast. There's more chicken in Raising Cane's, but Popeye's chickens I do, or I think are better. I would rather have Popeye's chicken. Yes. Yeah. And Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Oh, oh money. That That's top tier. Dude, I seriously, if if I had one wish in the world, I would legitimately consider that a Popeye's chicken sandwich would have no calories. Literally zero, but it would fill me up still. Uh-huh. And I would be the skinniest person because I could live on eating. Well, you would need calories. So it can have like five calories. Yeah. <laughs> so I could have like a hundred. Or enough that you could eat it at least once a day and have it sustain you. But not Whatever make, that number is, but not make you fat. Yeah. Like if I could just be like, okay, you get two chicken sandwiches a day and you are going to be like perfect. Like it's the exact number of calories you need. Uh-huh. You know what? I, I want would my be happy power to be. Everybody always wants like crazy fun flashy superpowers my superpower would be able to manipulate food on a caloric level once it enters my mouth so i don't i can just take what i need and not what it actually has and then get rid of the rest i've always just wondered why the human body doesn't go like what does it need and then just like dump the rest yeah because that would be ideal wouldn't it like just okay i need 1,232 calories. And so that, that's all I'm going to take from this one fast food meal. And then the rest, it just shoots down the, the chute, man. I'll just shit it out and yes. move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah make my life so much better. Yeah. I don't know. That would be a good superpower. It would be. I, I would have to say. Um, okay. Well, um, that's it. If you guys want to hear more, uh, hold on. It's late. If you have a beer recommendation, if you have a topic recommendation, if you want to say thank you, if you want to say fuck you, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Culture Couch After Dark is rough for <laughs> Culture, Car- Culture Couch After Dark is a little rough. Um, you can do so by DMing us on Instagram at Culture Couch Pod. You can email us. Culture Couch Fuck. Man, this is you tough. say this every week. It is late. CultureCouchPod at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And you can add us on Twitter. Culture underscore couch. Yes. Um, I say it twice a week. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, the minis. Oh, yeah, because the minis. <laughs> God. It's, All right. Got, we're we done. We got to go to bed. We're out. Thank you for listening. Bye.